You're listening to Nightlight. And nice to be back with you for another edition of Nightlight. Well, I promised you last week that on this program, we would feature Glimpses of Heaven. Now, Glimpses of Heaven is a beautiful devotional book subtitled A Treasury of Reflections on the Realm Beyond. And it has just been produced by Jerry Palladino. He was talking about it on the program last week. If you missed it, you can go into our website and hear that wonderful interview with Jerry Palladino. Glimpses of Heaven, it says on the back, is a unique, thought-provoking and uplifting collection of anecdotes, reflections, literary quotations, and verse, revealing the wonders that await us in the next life. Drawing from a multitude of sources and authors, Glimpses of Heaven convincingly affirms that the closing of this life is but a passage out of a prison into a palace where our deepest longings and desires will be fulfilled. Inspiring you to draw closer to God, you're listening to Nightlight. The CD that Jerry has produced is 75 minutes long, so I'm only going to be able to play about an hour of it on this program. And there's some wonderful songs in this CD, plus the quotations and reflections beautifully read by Jerry's daughter-in-law. I'm not sure her name, but she sure has a nice reading voice. So relax and enjoy this next hour as we listen to Glimpses of Heaven. If we could see beyond today as God can see If all the clouds should roll away and shadows flee Oh, present Greece, we would not fret Each sorrow we would soon forget So many joys are waiting yet For you and me If we could know beyond today As God doth know Why dearest treasures pass away And tears must flow We'd know that darkness leads to light And dreary days will soon grow bright Someday life's wrongs will be made right Faith tells us so Often say, 
But God and love availed us throw across our way We cannot see what lies before And so we cling to Him the more He leads us till this life is over He leads us till this life is over Trust and obey Just trust and obey. about heaven. I like to find out all I can about it. I expect to live there through all eternity. If I were going to dwell in any place in this country, if I were going to make it my home, I would inquire about its climate, about the neighbors I would have, about everything in fact that I could learn concerning it. If soon you were going to emigrate, that is the way you would feel. Well, we are all going to emigrate in a very little while. We are going to spend eternity in another world. Is it not natural that we should look and listen and try to find out who is already there and what is the route to take? It certainly seems like a good idea to talk about heaven, meditate about heaven, and read about heaven, because after all, that's where we're going to spend eternity. It's an important place, our eternal home. So it's only natural to want to know what it's like and what we're going to be like when we get there. We can enjoy heaven now. We can have half the enjoyment ahead of time by looking forward to it, thinking about it, reading about it, and anticipating it. If God has made this world so fair, where sin and death abound, how beautiful beyond compare will paradise be found. Heaven, the treasury of everlasting life. Love rules the camp, the court, the grove, for love is heaven, and heaven is love. As he neared his end, John Newton exclaimed, I am still in the land of the dying, I shall be in the land of the living soon. The English scientist Michael Faraday is considered to have been one of the greatest experimental physicists. 
When Faraday was questioned on his speculations of life after death, he replied, Speculations? I know nothing about speculations. I'm resting on certainties. I know that my Redeemer lives, and because He lives, I shall live also. It is very beautiful over there. Last words of Thomas Edison. Dr. Werner von Braun, well known for his part in pioneering the U.S. space program, said that he had essentially scientific reasons for believing in life after death. He explained, science has found that nothing can disappear without a trace. Nature does not know extinction. All it knows is transformation. If God applies the fundamental principle to the most minute and insignificant parts of the universe, doesn't it make sense to assume that he applies it to the masterpiece of his creation? the human soul? I think it does. Earth has no sorrow that heaven cannot heal. Be assured that just as an hour is only part of a day, so life on earth is only part of eternity. Heaven is a city without a cemetery. Think of it Stepping on shore and finding it heaven, of taking hold of a hand and finding it God's hand, of breathing a new air and finding it celestial air, of feeling invigorated and finding it immortality, of passing from storm to tempest to an unbroken calm, of waking up and finding it home. Thinking about heaven can inspire and encourage us to be more heavenly minded and realize that heaven is a real place where we're really going to live. Heaven is something we can easily get excited and thrilled about and look forward to. It will be like Christmas is for children, only it will be the greatest Christmas we've ever had. Heaven is a permanent residence, a place where we unpack our bags and stay forever. What a glorious thought to wake up in heaven and realize it is home. If we really understood heaven, we would be most unhappy and unsatisfied with life on earth. We would rebel against our earthly limitations. If we saw heaven, we could not bear this earth. That's why heaven is forever. We cannot bear to leave it after we get there. Heaven and the spirit world are much more real, beautiful, and lasting than the world which you can see with your natural eyes at this very moment. Heaven is going to be like this life, only better. It will be like this life with all its joys and beauties and pleasures, but without the drawbacks, with all the assets but none of the liabilities. Heaven is a beautiful place to be, full of beautiful people having a beautiful time. Oh, there's no disappointment in heaven, no weariness, sorrow, nor pain, no hearts that are bleeding and broken, no song with minor refrain. The clouds of our earthly horizon will never appear in the sky, for all will be sunshine and gladness, with never a sob nor a sigh. I'm bound for that beautiful city, 
my Lord has prepared for his own, where all the redeemed of all ages sing glory around the white throne. Sometimes I grow homesick for heaven, and the glories I there shall behold. What a joy that will be when my Savior I see in that beautiful city of gold.
23rd Psalm is always a great comfort in time of need. It reassures us that the Lord will never depart from us nor leave us comfortless. Though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the Lord says that He will be with us. He'll be with us then to comfort and lead us into a new life forever. Psalm 23 The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Bible At death the soul, freed from the pains, weariness, ills and limitations of the body, begins its highest life. Death is the beginning of the higher life. God conceals from men the happiness of death that they may endure life. Can you visualize a world with no more death, no more pain, no more hunger, no more fear, no more sorrow, no more crying nor sickness? A world where everything is a joy and a pleasure? A society where everybody works together in harmony, cooperation and love? That's heaven. In heaven we'll understand why we've suffered on earth. The Apostle Paul explained, For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known of God. Thank God for heaven. That's where everything will get straightened out and made right. One of the most beautiful verses in the Bible about heaven is in the 21st chapter of Revelation, the fourth verse. John says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. The whole point of heaven is to relieve us of the suffering, pain, death, and tears brought into the world by the evil of humanity. That is why God says that in heaven there will be no more sorrow, pain, death, or crying. All the disappointments, broken dreams, and deep dark experiences will soon be forgotten and blotted out like a bad dream when that glorious dawn of heaven arrives. There the wicked cease from troubling, and there the weary be at rest. The Bible
There will be no more danger, pollution, or destruction. None of these things that we suffer from so much today. Everything will be heavenly, beautiful, and natural, the way it was when God first created the earth. The heavenly society will be ruled fairly and well with true freedom, peace, plenty, and happiness for all. Isaiah prophesied that in that day they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. The only place where we're going to be completely relieved of pain is in heaven. One of the best things about heaven is that we will be able to reunite with loved ones who have already passed on. It will be the greatest family reunion we've ever known, with our loved ones, relatives, and ancestors all together in one place at the same time, rejoicing, all together at last. There are no goodbyes in heaven. Very often people come to me and say, Mr. Moody, do you think we shall know each other in heaven? Very often it is a mother who has lost a dear child and who wishes to see it again. Sometimes it is a child who has lost a mother, a father, and who wants to recognize them in heaven. There is a verse in scripture in answer to this, and that is, we shall be satisfied. It is all I want to know. My brother who went up there the other day, I shall see, because I shall be satisfied. We will see all those we loved on earth up there, and if we love them here, we will love them 10,000 times more when we meet them there. I only see you tonight. I'm writing you this note as I watch you sleep. They say I don't have much longer to go, and I was thinking about when we'll be apart and how much it'll hurt. But then I thought, hey, God made love, and love is forever. So one day we will be together again, and our love will continue. So just like today,
bringing you peace in the midst of the storm. You're listening to Nightlight. And yes, you're listening to a special edition of Nightlight, and we're listening to Glimpses of Heaven. After death, we are not disembodied spirits. Somewhere in God's wonderful creation, there is a place where we can again be with those we have loved and lost for a while. Peace, peace, he is not dead. He does not sleep. He hath wakened from the dream of life. Dear child, I condole with you. We have lost a most dear and valuable relation. But it is the will of God and nature that these mortal bodies be laid aside when the soul is to enter into real life. Tis rather an embryo state, a preparation for living. A man is not completely born until he is dead. Why then should we grieve that a new child is born among the immortals, a new member added to their happy society? That bodies should be lent to us is a kind and benevolent act of God. When they become unfit for these purposes and afford us pain instead of pleasure, instead of an aid, become an encumbrance and answer none of the intentions for which they were given, it is equally kind and benevolent that a way is provided by which we may get rid of them. Death is that way. Why should you and I be grieved at this, since we are soon to follow and know where to find him? Excerpt of a letter from Ben Franklin to the widow of his brother John. It seemeth such a little way to me, across to that strange country, the beyond, and yet not strange, for it has grown to be the home of those of whom I am so fond. They make it seem familiar and most dear, as journeying friends bring distant countries near. And so for me there is no sting to death, and so the grave has lost its victory. It is but crossing with a bated breath, and white set face a little strip of sea, to find the loved ones waiting on the shore, more beautiful, more precious than before. I am not resigned to the shutting away of loving hearts in the hard ground. What heaven is, I know not, but I long have dreamed of its purple hills and its fields of light, blossoming with immortal beauty, of its brooks of laughter and its rivers of song and its palace of eternal love. I long have dreamed of opal towers and burnished domes, but what care I for a gate of pearl or street of gold if I can meet the loved ones who have blessed me here and see the glorified faces of father and mother and the boy brother who died? What care I for crown of stars and harp of gold if I can love and laugh and sing with them forever in the smile of my Savior and my God?
can't really understand just how wonderful heaven will be unless we first know how wonderful each of us will be when we get there. You are still going to be you. You'll look a lot the same, only better, much better. This earthly body is slow and heavy in all its motions, listless and soon tired with action. But our heavenly bodies shall be as fire, as active and as nimble as our thoughts are. When Jesus came back from the dead, he still looked like himself, still felt like himself, and could still eat, drink, and even cook, just like before his crucifixion when he was still in his earthly body. He said to his disciples, Behold my nail-pierced hands and my feet, that it is myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have. His followers could actually touch and feel him, as well as see him, and yet he was in a miraculous, supernatural, resurrected body. His new body could also materialize or dematerialize, appear or disappear. It could pass from one dimension to the other and through locked doors and solid walls. See John 20, 19, and 26. We are going to have bodies like Jesus did after he was resurrected. Each of us is going to have a new, eternal, glorified body. It will actually be constructed as we are now, of flesh and bones, but eternal flesh and bones, incorruptible, immortal flesh and bones. It's going to be material, natural, recognizable, seeable, feelable. In heaven, our bodies are going to be the same make, but a new model. Our old, decaying, worn-out, natural, physical body will go back to the dust. We will trade it in for an entirely new, heavenly model. Our heavenly bodies are going to be similar to our present ones, only better. We'll look enough like we do now to recognize and identify each other. We're going to have a lot of the same characteristics that we have now. All of the pleasures of this present physical life can be continued into the next life as well, since we will have a body which is similar to our present physical body, but so much more glorious and wonderful and supernatural. We will be able to eat, drink, be merry, and have fun without ever suffering pain or sickness or weariness or death. From the accounts of those who have had glimpses of heaven and visions and revelations, it seems that we do mature somewhat in heaven. Those who arrive in their youth grow to maturity, while older people appear more middle-aged in the prime of life.
so slowly and with such peace Like in a slow motion dance they flow with ease In harmony with the music of the stars And they're so happy where they are They float as they walk and glide around Their feet seem to hardly touch the ground All talking and laughing happily Oh, what a lovely place to be As earth recedes, heaven opens to a world waiting above. We let go of time, pain and sorrow for this glorious kingdom of love. In the morning at dawn, I'll They're much better off than you and I Released from the troubles of this life Free from their hunger and their thirst All disease and every curse Dressed now in shimmering gowns of light Looking much like they did in prime of life Transporting to earth or anywhere They just think it and they're there As earth recedes Heaven opens to a world waiting above We let go of time, pain and sorrow For this glorious kingdom of love From their vantage point of there And when aloud they help us hear And that day when our job on earth is done They'll be there to take us home On that wonderful day we will transform Feeling so loving and so warm We'll rise up
we're still going to be learning in heaven. We will still be developing and are not yet absolutely perfect. That's what the future is all about, to continue the learning process that we have begun here. We've still got a lot to learn. God has a lot of things to teach us in heaven, things we didn't learn in this life. In heaven, God will reveal what on earth he chose to conceal. Contrary to popular belief, the moment we land in heaven, we don't immediately know everything. If we did, we'd be God himself, all-knowing. God has left that for the rest of time and eternity in order to give us something to do in the hereafter. We'll be able to learn more about the past and why things happened, as well as God's logic and purposes and the meaning of it all. Eternity is a constant learning process. It will be another grade, another step, a chance to do what we failed to do before and to learn what we failed to learn before. Thank God for eternity. We've all probably got a lot of bad habits to change and failures to make up for. Maybe God will give us a chance to meet people who we've wronged and straighten things out and tell them we're sorry. Paul observed, we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. He was referring to material things, wealth. However, we will take our knowledge and experience and training from this life with us into the next life. In heaven, a lot of things will be different, but many things are going to be the same, enough so that we'll still be able to use much of the knowledge, skills, talents and experience that we have gained in this life. God will not allow all the training we have received to be wasted. We will be able to travel backward or forward in time and see what has been and what is going to be, as well as experience the glorious, wonderful present. We will see, hear, feel, and experience the very events of the past, just as they happened. This life is just your schooling for what you have to do when you graduate. Heaven is not the end, it's only the beginning. God will probably allow us to ask questions about and discover some of the things we've always been curious about. Isn't it marvelous to think about how we will be able to actually meet and talk to people who lived throughout history? A lot of people think heaven is sitting around on a cloud playing a harp all day, doing nothing except being holy, and they don't find it very appealing. Thank God that is not what heaven is like. Heaven is not a state or condition. Heaven is a place. I go to prepare a place for you, promised Jesus, in my Father's house are many mansions. 
Heaven is not so terribly different from this present existence to where we can't even comprehend or understand it. Otherwise, when we arrived there, we would be completely lost and we wouldn't be able to relate to it. We are going to be surprised when we discover that things in heaven are normal and natural, much like this life. Of course, it will be better, much more beautiful and supernatural, without all the troubles, trials, tribulations, suffering, tears and pain we have here. However, it will still be enough like this life that we will survive the change and not suffer some sort of traumatic culture shock. It'll be life very much like we're living now, only without the bad and evil. Heaven is not a place of eternal rest, but a place of eternal life. Concerning the loved ones who have passed on, do not try to make me believe that they are doing nothing, merely resting, careless, ever. That would imply the condition of hell, not heaven. Death is the opposite of retiring. Jesus made a promise to those who are faithful in this life. Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Matthew 25, 23. Death is the emancipation of the soul into greater activity. In heaven we shall not rest from our work, but from our labors. There will be no toil, no pain in work. The material universe, even down to the smallest electron, is in motion. Heaven undoubtedly is a very active place, Suns and planets are speeding through the universe at terrific speeds. Nothing could be further from the truth than the old idea that in heaven the people are just sitting around or lollying about with nothing to do, an idle, stagnant life. It is inconsistent to imagine a heaven in which people would sit under the shade of the trees or on the bank of the river of life twanging a harp, perhaps a thousand strings, and spend an eternity in a do-nothing world. We cannot conceive that God would put us in another world with renewed and enlarged powers of body and mind and leave us with nothing to do. We're going to have plenty of work to do, but it's going to be a lot easier than here. There'll be no sorrow, no sickness, no pain, no weariness, no death, no more tears, no more crying. That's certainly going to make things easier. We're going to have rest in heaven compared to what we've had in this life, but we're also going to have something to do. We'd eventually be unhappy if we didn't. The thought of eternal rest is boring. If we had nothing to do and no responsibilities, Living would become a bore and a burden. Paradise is a place of beauty because it is a place of growth. The paradise that God has prepared for us, the marvelous heavenly city, 
is clearly and explicitly described in his holy book, the Bible, in the last two chapters of Revelation, the prophecies of St. John. It is so amazing, so breathtakingly beautiful, that it is almost beyond description. It is the largest city ever built, built by God himself. It is 2,200 kilometers wide and 2,200 kilometers high. It glows with golden light from its crystal golden beauty and is full of golden mansions for you and me. The streets are made of scintillating crystal clear gold. It is surrounded by a very high wall with 12 pearly gates. This is to prevent the entry of any who are not yet ready to enter therein. Within its shimmering gates is the paradise of God, where the river of life winds gracefully through lush parks, where laughing children and gentle animals play, and where departed loved ones await our coming. It would be hard to imagine heaven without children. It wouldn't be heaven. In heaven, each of us will have a special place to live. Before Jesus left this earth, he told his followers that he would prepare a place for them and all believers in the hereafter. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. One of these days, we're going to own a mansion that isn't going to cost us anything. No upkeep, no expenses. Heaven is a land where children shall walk on cool springy turf and among myrtle trees and eat fruits that shall heal while they delight them and drink the coolest of water fresh from the river of life, and have space to stretch themselves, and bathe, and leap, and run, and whichsoever way they look, meet Christ's eyes smiling on them. Music will still be part of our environment. The Bible talks about choirs of angels and how there is singing in heaven. We're going to have the greatest choirs, the greatest bands and symphony orchestras, the greatest music that the world has ever known. The world has never even heard music yet compared to what we're going to have there. If humans can make the beautiful music they have learned to make with these handmade instruments, think what God can do supernaturally. Heaven is the perfect place to raise children. Everything will be just the way it was intended to be in the beginning. A perfect environment without pain and danger, accidents and death, and the horrors of this world. Babies won't have to cry. They'll have everything they need. We'll be able to read their little minds, and we won't have to wonder what they're needing. Just think of all the advantages of rearing children in heaven. It will be pure pleasure. There are going to be animals in heaven. The prophet Isaiah said that 
The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. God put many animals here on earth for pets, playthings, and companions for us and our children, and we're still going to enjoy them in heaven. Many aspects of heaven have been presented in these pages. However, some questions remain unanswered. Perhaps the most important is, how can I know for certain that I'm going to heaven? Most of us want to go, but when pressed, aren't really sure if we qualify. The same God who loves us enough to create us, this life, the universe, and the heaven we've just read about has made it very easy for each of us to be assured of a place there. It is best summed up in a very simple but very important verse from the Bible, John 3.16. For God so loved the world, each of us, that he gave his only begotten Son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God loves each of us in a very special way. He knows that the only way we're going to be truly happy and personally fulfilled is to live with Him forever. To make this possible, He sent His Son, Jesus, to show us how to live and love and to die for us. Jesus is the bridge between this life and heaven. And don't ever think that you're too bad to go to heaven. God knows everything you've ever done or said or even thought, and He still loves you unconditionally. Heaven is full of sinners, that is, people who have done bad things, but ask God for His forgiveness. All He wants you to do is tell Him you're sorry and invite Him into your life. Would you like to know for sure that you're going to heaven? If you wish, you can sincerely pray this simple prayer. Jesus, I want to know you and to live forever in heaven. I know I've made mistakes and done bad things, and I'm sorry. I know I don't deserve it, but I accept your love and ask that I can be with you in heaven. Please come into my life and help me and give me peace. God has promised to answer your prayer, so you now have a home in heaven. God bless you with a wonderful, fulfilling eternity. See you there. I call out Earth.
by Jerry Palladino, taken from a beautiful devotional book called Glimpses of Heaven by Aurora Productions. And you can check out their products at auroraproduction.com. And thanks, Jerry, for giving us the privilege of being the first to hear and play that beautiful, beautiful project. Praise the Lord. All right, that's it for now from here at uh, Nightlight. And I look forward to being back with you next time for another inspiring program. God bless you all. Bye-bye. 
Did you know you can listen online or download your favorite nightlight shows, as well as other radio programs and audio inspirations produced at Radioactive Productions? Visit our website today at radioact.org 